When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. A few quick things, and then this week's episode. First things first, uh, if you're interested in getting a postcard, you have about nine days left. Uh, our postcard period ends on April 30th at 12 p.m. MST. So if you're interested in getting the first postcard of season two, you have until then to sign up. Um, and that is for all tiers, $5 or above. Uh, if you're already a Patreon, uh, you're included in that. Um, or if you upgrade, you'll automatically get counted as part of that. Uh, and if you are a patron, please make sure we have your address. Um, postcards are arriving next week, so we are expecting to, uh, fill them out and get them all sent out by May 7th. So you should have them by May 15th or so, um... For our international non-U.S. fans, give that a few extra days as international shipping takes a little longer. Uh, and that said, we will also be taking off uh, the release of May 5th. Um, so, obviously, of this week's episode on April 21st. Next week's on April 28th. May 5th will be off and we'll be back on May 12th. Um, truthfully... Uh, amidst postcards, uh, I'm also moving. So, a bit of a hectic week, and given everything else going on right now, we're just going to take a little week off uh, so Tom and I can kind of catch up and work through that. But, um, yeah, uh, I might still try and put up a little post or uh, maybe a short mini-episode, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and I'll keep you guys up to date on that as we kind of figure that out. But, regardless, uh, tons and tons of cool stuff coming out. But I think think that about wraps up everything i have for this week um if you're interested in talking to us more community events as always uh those all happen on our discord which you can find a link for in our show notes uh or by visiting scparchives.com uh there we have links to uh our youtube page our instagram our facebook our twitter uh and of course our discord and without further ado i want to give a big shout out to Isaiah Thomas, Kenneth Shaughnessy, Daniel, Jacob Symes, Ross Myers, Angus Donald McDonald, Donovan, Timmy Rowland, and Xavier Apthorpe. Thanks, guys. Your contributions mean the world, and we'll have a lot of new cool stuff uh, for our patrons coming very, very soon. Um... If you are interested in hearing your name at the top of our show, uh, or getting a postcard, or getting access to some bonus episodes, and you know a bunch of other cool stuff, find us at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. Or you can find us on the web by visiting scparchives.com. And now, this week's episode. Warning, the Foundation database is classified. 
Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-3333. Object class. Keter. Special containment procedures. The trapdoor leading to SCP-3333 is to remain shut and locked at all times. At least one operative is to remain posted under SCP-3333 at all times to prevent entry or exit. The door to SCP-3333 is to be examined for signs of damage daily. MTF Lambda-1, Maxwell's Demons, has been created and deployed to assist in the containment of SCP-3333. Containment procedures revised 2039-04-02. Description. SCP-3333 is a spatial anomaly located within the Suntop Fire Outlook. Located in Mount Baker, Snoqualmie National Forest, Washington State, United States of America. SCP-3333 is accessible via a ladder and trap door on the ceiling of the Suntop Lookout. Climbing the ladder leads up to an identical copy of the Suntop Fire Lookout. This identical copy has the identical ladder and trap door pair, which leads to further copies of the Suntop Lookout. The topology surrounding SCP-3333 is identical to that surrounding the Suntop Lookout. However, no plant, animal, or human life has been observed. Successive SCP-3333 iterations are higher relative to the original lookout. The stairs leading up to these SCP-3333 iterations are extended by a proportional amount to allow access to the ground. SCP-3333 was first discovered after restoration of the Suntop lookout following volcanic activity near Mount Rainier. SCP-3333's origins are not known. No members of the Park Service involved in the restoration of the lookout were responsible for construction of the entrance SCP-3333. At the time of discovery, the trapdoor to SCP-3333 was padlocked. In order to access SCP-3333, the trapdoor was forced open. No key has been found. Exploration 1. Mission Parameters Initial Reconnaissance of SCP-3333 Personnel D-468 Additional Information D-468 was equipped with standard-issue audiovisual exploration recorders. The exploration was supervised by Dr. Williams and a support team located in a temporary observation outpost inside the Suntop Fire Lookout. Test, test, is this thing on? Yes? Hello? Doctor? Excellent. Please proceed into SCP-3333. There's a brief moment of audio feedback through the proximity between Dr. Williams and B-468. B-468 climbs up the ladder into SCP-3333. Please report what you see. It's... well... I just came from here. But... but wait, it's it's empty. Excellent, thank you. How did Please it... stop talking. Thank you. Please continue climbing. D-468 ascends SCP-3333 for approximately an hour. All right, I want to test something. D-468, if you don't mind, could you try opening the door and going outside? Okay, Doctor. D-468 opens the door. Strong wind immediately blasts into the ground, throwing D-468 back against the far wall and moving the furniture. D-468 struggles to get across the room and eventually manages to close the door. What was that? It is probably best that you stay inside for now. I see. D-468 continues to ascend SCP-3333. Wind is audible. 
There's no change in the interior of SCP-3333. D-468 continues for approximately three hours. D-468 takes a simple multiplication-based cognition test every ten iterations of SCP-3333. No change from baseline detected. Several hours later, D-468 rests and eats some rations. During this time, analysis of video footage shows D-468 has climbed through 184 instances of SCP-3333. Now seems like as good of a time as any. I'd like you to take that test again, D-468. All right, Doctor. D-468 self-administers the cognition test. No change from baseline detected. D-468 has climbed through 184 iterations of SCP-3333, corresponding to approximately 673 meters of vertical gain. While some subtle elevation differences is observable, it is far less than expected. Doctor? Yes? What is this for? The test? Well, I guess it can't hurt. It's to test... it's to test how thin the air is. How? As the air gets thinner, your... Well, your brain slows down, basically. Am, am I going to die? No, no. The test results are the same as they were down here. You're not going up as much as you should. Oh. Thanks, Doctor. No problem. <coughs> Please continue climbing, D-468. D-468 continues climbing for four more hours. The sun sets, and D-468 makes camp and sleeps. The following morning, D-468 continues ascending SCP-3333. Doctor, do you see that? What? Over there, on that peak. Are there people up there? Over a ridge southwest of SCP-3333, two small figures can be seen. They are standing motionless. These figures can only be seen from D-468's perspective. They are not visible from base camp. Are there any binoculars in here? I need to see. Give us a good look with the camera, too. We need to zoom in. I found it! D-468 looks through the binoculars at the figures. Base camp attempts to zoom in on the figures with D-468's camera. However, the resolution is too low, and nothing can be made out. I can't see them! They're just out of focus! Oh god! The figures turn around and go behind the ridge. They saw the reflection of the binoculars. Are you sure? They... they looked right at me. I think one of them pointed. I see. D-468 is instructed to continue climbing SCP-3333. Deliberations are held at base camp about the figures. No consensus is reached. D-468 continues climbing to the 345th iteration of SCP-3333. No other figures are spotted. D-468 camps until morning. The next day, D-468 forgets to turn his camera and microphone on until reminded. Shortly afterwards, D-468 expresses feelings of anxiety and unease. You've got to let me come down, Doc. Something's not right here. Something concrete? I don't know. But, but something's not right. All this writing on the walls and... There's no writing on the walls. Well, I see something, Doc. I don't know what it says, but it's there. For sure. I see. You've made it this far. Please keep going. D-468 continues ascending SCP-3333, occasionally requesting to be allowed to return to base. All requests are denied. Video footage is analyzed for writing or mimetic agents. None are found. On the 527th level, the topology of SCP-3333 drastically changes. Multiple copies of the Suntop Fire Lookout are connected to each other in a grid pattern, accessible through the lookout doorway. There is no natural light, 
and no sign of sky or ground. It is completely dark. No lookout has a trapdoor or ladder. This... this isn't right, Doc. You gotta let me down. I can't see. Calm down, please. You have an emergency headlamp and flashlight in your backpack. Please use them. D-468 attempts to switch on the lights. They do not turn on. D-468 is instructed to check the battery compartments. They are empty. D-468 is instructed to use the backup batteries in the backpack. D-468 is unable to locate them. There's nothing in here. Nothing's right. Let me down, please. No. Please proceed. Wait. I think... I see something. I, I see something, Doc. What? What is it? Nothing is visible on D-468's camera. I don't know. It's not right. You will be summarily shot if you come down. What is it you see? D-468's camera and microphone cut out simultaneously. What? D-468? D-468! What just happened? Did he did he turn his recorders off? What happened? Analysis of D-468's video footage is unable to reveal cause of communication blackout. Equipment error is ruled unlikely. Due to the circumstances surrounding D-468's disappearance, and the possibility of an unknown anomalous object in the upper portions of SCP-3333, another expedition is proposed and approved. Exploration 2. Mission Parameters Determine the reason behind the disappearance of D-468. Locate any anomalous objects located by D-468, and identify any anomalous entities present within SCP-3333. Personnel MTF Mod 0 Characteristic Eigenspaces Additional information. All members of MTF Mod 0 were equipped with standard-issue survival gear and recording equipment. No special items were deemed necessary. All batteries and backups were triple-checked. Dr. Williams supervised from base camp. Hey everyone, it's Pacific, here with a quick ad break. Alright, that's it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Mod 1, check. Mod 2, check. Mod 3, check. Mod 4, check. Mod 5, check. Okay, everyone. Standard issue tower approach. Two ahead, one in the middle, two behind. Let's go. All team members begin to ascend SCP-3333. No figures are visible on nearby ridges. The sky is overcast and the wind is audible. As the MTF climb, the wind dies down bit by bit. After several hours of climbing, Mod 4 and Mod 2 encounter the room where D-468 attempted to exit SCP-3333. The furniture is still in a state of disarray, and nothing appears to have been moved. Here seems as good a place as any. The members of Mod 0 gather and attempt a mountain expedition outside of SCP-3333. Mod 2 is attached to a rope and exits SCP-3333. There is no strong wind, and Mod 2 is easily able to leave. There's nothing here, Doctor. That's strange. I suppose it died down. Hmm. Keep exploring, I suppose. Roger. The members of the MTF exit SCP-3333 and begin to explore. The topology around SCP-3333 is identical to that surrounding the Suntop lookout. No plant or animal life is visible. No humanoids can be seen. The members of the MTF explore for several hours, then reconvene in SCP-3333. There's nothing here. No plant life, though. That's strange. If this pattern holds across the world here, that could account for the stronger winds. Not sure where the oxygen would come from, though. 
Anyways, keep ascending. We can sort this out later. Roger. The MTF ascends for several more hours and camps for the night. Their pace is slower than that of D-468. They ascend SCP-3333 for several more days with no notable encounters. No auditory or visual hallucinations are noted. On the fourth day, they arrive at the apex of SCP-3333. Flashlights out, everyone. Members of the MTF equip their lanterns and flashlights. All are fully equipped with batteries, and backup batteries are double-checked. Apart from that made by the MTF, there's no sound and no light. Alright, 2-1-2 again. Arbitrary direction, let's go that way. Mod 1 points at a random direction, and the MTF proceeds in that direction. Reflector markers are left for navigation. The SCP-3333's iterations are connected horizontally, through their external walkways. There is no stairway down, and the railings have been removed such that the walkways can be pressed up and joined with each other. There is no sign of seam between the walkways, and no trace of man-made workmanship. Mod 2 pulls up a board at random from the walkway. There's nothing but blackness below. Mod 2 drops a glow stick into the hole. No bottom is visible. Mod 3 fires a signal flare into the air. No ceiling is visible. No sound or light appears. Do you notice anything strange? Such as? Any of the hallucinations reported by D-468. Anything that could indicate what he was talking about during the end. No. No sign of the body or equipment either. Do you want us to prioritize that? I think it would be somewhat helpful if you could. There doesn't seem to be a pattern of purpose to any of these rooms anyways. Roger. The MTF splits up and begins a radial search pattern from the origin. This continues for approximately an hour. I found something. What? What is it? Coming. Members of the MTF gather. En route, Mod 5's flashlight cuts out. What is it? It's his backpack, completely empty. Hasn't been torn or anything, though. No sign of a struggle. Was it propped up against the table when you got here? Yeah, I haven't touched it. Good, let's not. Where's Graham? Graham? Everyone, check in. Mod 2? Mod 3. Mod 4? We're missing Graham. Do you have a feed on his camera, Doctor? No. His flashlight's out. I can't see anything. Roger. Two by two. I'll go with Horace. Radial pattern out from here. Right. Okay. Yes. Mod 1 and Mod 3 pair up. Mod 2 and Mod 4 pair up. They begin a radial search pattern. There's still no sound. Dr. Williams plays back Mod 5's camera footage prior to loss of communication. There's no sign of distress. The camera is transmitting, but it's completely black. Mod 2 and Mod 4 fall over. There are two loud sounds. Presumably their bodies hitting the floor. A faint dripping sound can be heard. Microphones and cameras on both cut out near simultaneously. Mod 5's camera and microphone shut off. Hello? Hello? We've lost feed on Mod 2 and Mod 4. There's another thud. Mod 3's microphone and camera cut out. Hello? Mod 1? Wait, what just happened? Where's Mod 3? I turned away for a second and now there's... He's... Mod 1's headlamp rapidly scans the surrounding area. No sign of the rest of Mod Zero can be found. Hello? What? What is it? Do you see words? No. I don't see anything. All four cameras and microphones reactivate. This is not simultaneous. It is consistent with the equipment manually being activated. Hello? 
Hello? The equipment's on. What what the hell happened? I don't know, Doc. There was something on the ground and I tripped it. Where are all of you? Check in. Mod 3. Mod 5. Mod 2. Mod 4. <laughs> Mod 1's microphone and camera suddenly cut out. Mod 1. Hello? Mod 1's camera and microphone reactivate. I saw two. Yes. What? Saw what? I don't know. It's spectral. Like floaters. Something here isn't right. Look, we need... It isn't safe here. What are you talking about? Nothing besides the sun-top fire lookout is visible on any camera. Is there anything with you? No, no, no. It's not that, Doc. There. Do you see it, Doc? Nothing is visible. No. What is it? We're... We're, we're not safe here. <laughs> it, it's... It, it's there. What is it? Nothing is visible through any MTF feeds. It's, it, it looks like a... It looks like a castle or... No. A mountain. A mountain? A ghostly mountain. But... But it isn't... It's a flaming mountain conjured of smoke and air. A tower of smoke and ash. I see it. I see it too. We need to go. Retreat, everyone! Roger. MTF Mod Zero retreats from the apex of SCP-3333. And proceeds rapidly down SCP-3333. Several days later, they arrive at base camp and are debriefed. They express confusion over the events within SCP-3333 and show a definite unwillingness to re-enter. Given the circumstances and the possibility of a memetic agent, a special counter-memetic operative is brought in for further exploration over the objections of MTF Mod Zero. Exploration 3. Mission Parameters. Explore the apex of SCP-3333 and locate and neutralize any memetic anomalies or agents inside. Personnel. Counter-memetic Specialist Zero. Null Walker. Additional information. Specialist Zero is deaf and blind and communicates solely through a modified braille signaling system embedded into their hand. Standard issue rations are provided. No other equipment is necessary. Dr. Williams and MTF Mod 5 supervise the operation. Leaving base now. Let us know if you need anything. Yes. Specialist Zero begins to send SCP-3333. I don't like this. If it was enough to have your crack team turn tail and flee, it is certainly worth calling in a net. Mod 5 does not respond. Specialist Zero continues to ascend. Room different. Messy. Was there a fight? No, that was us. Okay. A few hours pass. Someone's outside. Watching. They were encountered earlier. If you keep going up... I am. Still following. Was wrong. Not watching. Something else. What do you mean? Don't know. Special Zero continues climbing for several more hours. At this point, Special Zero has been climbing for over 12 hours. Don't you need to rest? Someone's still there. Not safe. We'll use amphetamines. Special Zero consumes 100 milligrams of amphetamine and continues to ascend. Outside. Can you see? No, I can't. There's a flicker of motion on the edge of the camera. Something looking through the windows ducks down as soon as the camera is turned in its direction. The wind is strong. There's no chance of going outside. They know. Special Zero begins to rapidly climb upwards. Flickers of motion are occasionally visible outside SCP-3333. Small rustling sounds can occasionally be heard over the wind. Retreat, Specialist. No. 
Special Zero continues rapidly climbing. After approximately an hour, they arrive at the apex of SCP-3333. Blood. No light. Special Zero starts walking. They do not turn their flashlight on. Nothing is visible on the camera, only Special Zero's footsteps are audible on the microphone. A loud slam is audible in the distance. Here. No hazards? Special Zero begins walking faster, then stops suddenly. Several small rustlings can be heard. They quickly cease. Body. There's a sound of shifting clothing as Special Zero bends down. The rustling can be heard again, louder and closer. Get out of there, Specialist! Annette! Several squishing sounds can be heard. Body. Blood. Cleaning hands. One moment. The internal organs. Muscles. They were smooth. Too soft. Inside was something hard. Metal. The rustlings grow in size, getting closer and closer. They surround Special Zero and overlap, turning into one continuous drone. Get out, Specialist! Leave it! Go! Metal. There's words. Shit, shit, shit. Annette? Annette? Lights. Lights out. Where are the lights? Annette! There is a mountain. I need to come down. Where is the light? Annette! Special Zero's flashlight turns on. Special Zero is lying on the ground. The light illuminates a pile of muscles, organs, and bones in advanced decomposition. A metal dog tag is visible, clutched in Special Zero's hand. It reads MTF Mod 5, Grand Purcell. The remainder of this data has been expunged by order of O5 Council. Addendum 1 Following the events of Exploration 3, the entities inside SCP-3333, hereafter designated SCP-3333-1, killed or impersonated all members present at Temporal Observation Post 3333. No distress signal was sent, and Exploration 3 was not forwarded before its conclusion. SCP-3333-1 entities maintain the facade of observation and exploration of SCP-3333 and continually requested manpower and equipment for a period of over one month. The ruse was only discovered when a supply assistant managed to send an emergency message before being killed and impersonated. Recontainment teams arrived at SCP-3333 found completely abandoned. Over 50 personnel were lost. Given the large number of SCP-3333-1 entities assumed to have been released, including those who did not impersonate a member of the Foundation. The single-purpose task force Lambda-1, Maxwell's Demons, has been created for the purpose of researching, hunting, and neutralizing SCP-3333-1 instances. Addendum 2. On 2039-0402, a coded message was received from Dr. William Cellular Phone. It did not appear to have been sent from inside SCP-3333. However, the exact location has not been identified. The message contained the following log of Dr. Williams, almost certainly as she was fleeing from MTF Mod 5. For completion, this message is included. Listener discretion is advised. Exploration 4 The footage begins. 
Slightly after the end of Exploration 3, Dr. Williams is climbing upward through SCP-3333, camera attached to her side. She's breathing heavily and appears to be running from something. Gunshots can be heard below. Dr. Williams climbs upward for approximately 10 minutes and stops to rest. She props the camera up against the table and blocks off the lower trapdoor with a chair. She sits down. She's covered in blood, is visibly panicked, and is carrying a handgun. She looks at the camera, begins to speak, then starts crying. She continues crying for approximately a minute, then stops. sound. Someone is attempting to get through the trap door. Williams grabs a gun and points it at the door. Dr. Williams? Dr. Williams? This is MTF Alpha 3. We received a distress call from this outpost. We were attacked by the personnel assigned here. What's going on here, doctor? Let us in, doctor. Stay there! I'm not falling for it. Dr. Williams, please. We will treat you as an enemy if you do not let us in. Stay back! Several fingers emerge through the trapdoor and begin to lift it up. Williams runs over and stamps on the fingers. There's a crunching sound and the fingers go completely flat. Still trapped in the door. There's a tearing sound as they're pulled back through the door. Williams fires two shots through the top of the door, grabs a camera, and begins climbing again. Dr. Williams climbs for approximately a minute and a half blocking off more trapdoors as she goes, then stops to vomit and cry for about 10 minutes. Following this, Williams continues to climb nonstop for over 12 hours before collapsing. She remains unconscious for around two hours, then wakes up screaming. Begins the rain outside SCP-3333. William starts laughing. Williams props up the camera, then goes outside and attempts to drink. After a short period of time, she spits and comes back inside. Williams continues to climb for another hour. There's a knock on the door of SCP-3333. Williams immediately stops and pulls out her gun. She's breathing heavily and her hands are shaking. There's another knock, this time on the other side of SCP-3333. Williams turns around. D-468 is standing at the door. He's extremely emaciated and is leaning against the door. His skin is dry, cracked, and ulcerated. Falling off in places almost. He attempts to open the door. There's a simple knob lock on the door. He cannot open it. Come in, Doc. Get back. Get back. Williams backs away from the door and points her gun at D-468. He continues rattling at the door. Please, Doc, let me in. There's no water out here. He never called me Doc, not once. There's silence. D-468's face goes completely slack. I never really watched him. Ever since you were a child, though. I always thought you had very pretty eyes. D-468 breaks one of the door's panes with his fist. 
There's no blood. He reaches in and turns the knob. Williams begins firing. D-468 opens the door and begins running at Dr. Williams. Williams fires at D-468 five times. One bullet hits his leg and he collapses. He begins writhing on the ground. His skin only partially follows this motion. It is as if there's something inside him sliding around. Williams fires hits D-468's arm. There's no blood. His arm looks flat. D-468 attempts to flip over and crawl away. His arms flap behind him like rubber. There's no support in his arms. There's a large writhing mass in the center of D-468's chest. The rest of D-468 flaps around it, entirely useless. There's a loud flapping sound from inside D-468. Williams fires two shots at D-468 in the chest. There's a tearing sound, and the camera falls over. Williams fires once more, and the gun clicks empty. There's a loud, dry thud. Williams picks up the camera. She appears to be in shock. Williams sets the camera down and vomits. She picks the camera up again, then points it at the corpse of D-468. There's a large black pile slumped against the broken window. Clear gelatinous blood oozes out of it. It does not move. It appears to be dead. The exact physiology of the entity is difficult to discern. It appears to have thick, semi-transparent wings. A pile of skin lays on the ground. It is torn apart. Dr. Williams attempts to throw up again. However, she's only able to retch for several seconds. Williams proceeds to climb for several minutes, blocking each trapdoor as she goes. She stops for a moment. She begins to laugh. Several minutes later, Williams composes herself and resumes climbing. Approximately half an hour later, she arrives at the apex of SCP-3333. Dr. Williams turns on the flashlight. It illuminates the sun-top fire lookout. Nothing else is visible. There's no sound or external light. William's voice does not echo. There is no reply. There's nothing up here. There never was. Floating words, a ghostly mountain pot! I'd still hope, though, I think. Williams walks around SCP-3333's apex for a few minutes. 
there's nothing here. Nothing at all. Dr. Williams sits down and props up the camera on a table. I wish I could drink. Footsteps can be heard in the distance. Footsteps get closer. They're uneven and rough. Heavy feet slamming with each step. Occasionally they stop. And there's a wet thunk as the person hits furniture or a wall. No, no. The body of Specialist Zero stumbles into view. The flesh is unevenly stretched, lumpy and disfigured. Patches have fallen off, showing nothing but the writhing body of the thing inside. The head hangs limp and flops down onto the chest. The overall body moves jerkily little sense of purpose or direction. Williams wretches, apparently from the smell. <coughs> the entity staggers into the room. Williams steps back and away, knocking over a chair. The entity swivels to look in the direction of the vibration. Something enters the head. It gains structure and form and stands up. There are scratches around the eyes and ears. Danity attempts to vocalize. A wet gurgling sound comes out. The entity removes structure from the head. Its internal structure completely collapses and the head falls back. Williams raises her gun and attempts to shoot the entity. The gun is empty. Williams still attempts to shoot. The gun clicks. Williams drops to her knees and drops the gun. The entity gets closer. It has trouble walking, has trouble moving. It staggers, lumpy and misshapen. The torso of Specialist Zero writhes. It is as if something is tangled in a sheet, trying to get out. There's a tearing sound. The flesh of Specialist Zero rips. It's difficult for the entity inside. The skin is tough, and the interior layer of the fat does not want to give way. A barbed stinger shoots out through the tear and punctures Dr. Williams' skin. Williams collapses. The stinger appears to contain a paralytic agent. Specialist Zero's skin continues to rip. A large black entity climbs out, discarding the skin. It has large semi-translucent wings and a large sucker appendage on its chest. It does not have any visible eyes. Its skin is extremely thin. Organs can be seen through some viscous internal fluid, but no bones. It approaches Williams making a rustling with its wings as it moves. It reaches Williams and thrusts its appendage into the womb. There's a sucking noise and a dripping sound. Chunks of semi-liquefied organs and bones emerge from the back end of the entity, sucked out entirely, until there's nothing but an empty sheet of skin. The entity, still attached to the skin, contorts its body and slips into the womb. The skin jerks as the entity fits into it. The skin fills out into the form of Williams. The entity stands up. The entity turns off the camera. SCP-3333 was written by Jekyll. Our host and narrator was John Grills. D468 was played by Atticus Jackson. Mod 1 was played by Nicole Goodnight. 
Mod 2 was played by Sarah Golding. Mod 3 was played by Pacific S. Obadiah. Mod 4 was played by Jesse Hall. Mod 5 was played by Graham. Alpha 3 was played by Russell Moore. Williams was played by Tanya Miliovic. And Zero was played by Addison Peacock. Our composer is the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. And our producer is Tom Owen. This is a Bloody Disgusting podcast. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com.